Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, your kind host. Uh, that's English Nick right over there. We'll get to more with him in just a moment. Autumn Fisher is with us. And the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, over there. But you know, it's been another week, and that means people are outraged. So it's time for... Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. English Nick. By the way, I think this is the first WSB show you've been on with me since you got back from England on your holidays. That's Very correct. quickly, did you... And I know in England you call it holiday. Did you have a good holiday? I had a great holiday, and just like here, the weather was unseasonably warm there. Yeah. So we were dealing with like 50 and 60 degree temperatures. There too. The world's coming to an end, Nick. Oh, and what's going on? The world's coming. And also, it proves to people that you actually are English, because there still are a lot of people yep. who believe that this is an act. Absolutely. And you're just doing an English accent. If it is, I got to give you credit for going so far as to actually flying to England for three weeks for holiday. To fake being English there. Well, Happy New we, Year. We know him yeah. as New Jersey Nick. Yeah, if you really know him, <laughs> you know who he is. Well, Happy New Year, and uh, give me the outrage. All right. Well, this uh, this widow who lost her husband to ISIS is mm-hmm. suing Twitter because she says they're allowing ISIS to further their calls. Well, a couple things here. I understand her outrage, <clears throat> and she lost her husband, yep. and you obviously would do whatever you can to try to resolve that situation, make the people pay who may have been responsible. But I don't think this is going to go anywhere. I, I, the, the thing with the Internet is, and, and, and technology companies, uh, most of us don't really understand what they go through. Twitter could be trying everything they can to stop a lot of this. I guess they're probably not. They're more free speech oriented, let things get out there. I hear there's like thousands of yes. Twitter handles for ISIS and that's, I just don't think that you can prove negligence with, say, the CEO of Twitter because you don't like some policy on right. Twitter that allows people. Twitter is being exploited. Are they doing enough? Probably not. Will they do more in the future? Probably. But I just don't think that a case like this is going to have merit. You cannot hold the CEO responsible. When it comes to ISIS and what they do, Guess where 100% of the blame lies with ISIS? I was driving in today listening to my favorite radio station, WSB, and I heard just, it's almost casual now, uh, this story about how ISIS, they killed like 300 people and some women, children. They killed children. I mean, they, they execute children. And this is getting off our little topic here, but as I'm driving, I'm just thinking, and we have the greatest military force in the history of the world, and America just says... Nah, we're not going to wipe them out. Well, becoming dismissive to it. Yeah. It's just, oh, Desensitized almost. I mean, I, I still, I say it over and over again. I, I thought that's what the Nuremberg trials were for mm-hmm. after World War II. I thought the idea was to put the world on notice that your either uh, recognized sovereignty or your claims of sovereignty will not uh, keep you under an umbrella where you are not prosecuted for things like this. ISIS is slaughtering children they're executing children when you have people who are that horrible i just don't think that you can hold twitter responsible for it. if it wasn't twitter they use something else our job should be to go wipe them out for our own national security and yes for the world as a favor to the world now we can't do it like we did in the 2000s and get bogged down and be parts of civil wars and be on one side but isis 
needs to be knocked down and just obliterated. I don't that that should be the policy. Obliterate them. Oh, but Eric, they'll just be another one after them. Okay, we'll deal with them. But after you knock two or three of them down, uh, that society at some point is going to figure out something else to do rather than get uh, wiped out over and over again. So I don't think it's good. I don't. I look. ISIS is horrible. They do use Twitter, um, but I don't think you can hold the CEO. What's his a, name Jack Dorsey or whatever. I don't think you can hold him responsible. In a perfect world, you know. There would be no bad things on social media, but we don't yeah. live in a perfect world. That's you know? right. And it's free speech. I mean, that's right. And I would rather have the speech out in the open. Yeah. I, I wonder if the security guys would rather just stay open because they can know these people and find them easier. You They're think? just going to go underground and or just find right now they have all the back channels. They understand the Internet better than our government does. And, you know, all this anger toward Apple for encryption mm. is is misplaced. Look, I'm I'm an NSA guy. I don't go with the flavor of the day. I, I if I was president, I would I like the metadata. I like all of that stuff so that when you catch somebody, you can find out who they've been talking to for 5 years. So, I'm really strong on the on the NSA having power, which makes me in a bit of a, a minority even amongst conservatives these days. But uh what Tim Cook is saying about Apple is I can't open up a back door just for the government. If I open up a back door, then hackers are going to figure out that back door. What Tim Cook is trying to tell the government is, I can't just open an exclusive back door for you. But here's the thing. It's on the NSA and other spy agencies to figure that stuff out anyway. You know, this whole so they get paid so much money to But this it. whole argument is, is silly. The idea that the NSA only knows stuff through a back door. Let me tell you something about the NSA. They have people who work at Apple. And the people in Apple that work <laughs> next to them don't know that they're working for the NSA. That's how spy agencies work. Does that freak you out, libertarians? That spies <laughs> spy? That's what they do. You know, <laughs> excuse me. You, you, this idea that it's all, oh, the 16-year-old hacker will never get to break through. Do you know why the 16-year-old hacker, uh, you can break through him? You may not be able to break his encryption, but guess what happens when the uh, NSA knocks at the door? 16-year-old relieves himself in his pants and tells them everything they want to know. It's not just a one-track highway when it comes to spying. So I feel like we ought to stop complaining about Tim Cook and Apple, and you spies just do what you need to do. If you can't break the encryption, be the guy who writes it. All right, next story. Next story is out of Japan. Parents are outraged over these lifelike child sex dolls. This, com this company has come up with these dolls. The company is called Trotla. Uh, the founder is a guy called Shin Takagi. And uh, he says this helps Jared people Fogel, with, I believe, gave a lot of money to this Helps company. people with their urges. Yeah, this wow. is... I, I read this story. Ugh. And usually I don't jump on the outrage train. But I'm getting a ticket on this one. All aboard. You know, this <laughs> I'm is, with you. This I'm is, with you. This is, you know, this idea <sighs> that if we provide something to pedophiles then they won't actually uh, do it in real life. There's, uh, that may be true for some, but for as many as that is true for, it would also be an entryway like, oh, I really do like this, so now let me step it up to the next level. The, how these people sleep at night, you know, the Japanese, they just don't have any, you know, they just don't, they don't worry. Easy. They don't, no, I'm, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mr. Yamamoto. That was, uh, I was, I was, that was a broad brush. But uh, let's say morality is a little different. They're a little indifferent to these sort of moral conundrums that we deal with in the West. And they deal with it in their own way. But I don't know how these people sleep at night. I mean, you're manufacturing sex dolls that are basically children. I mean, that's, look, who's on the side of that? I don't, that's, 
Mr. Yamamoto, even with that last name, you can't be on the side of that. Absolutely not. I, and I doubt the science, the, the social science that says this will keep them from actually doing it in real life. I don't think that's true. I think it might very well kind of turn them on to, well, if this is, then let's go for that. I think it might encourage as many people as it discourages. And who cares about that? It's just disgusting. And while we're on this disgusting topic, <clears throat> can I just say to my friends at Subway, I understand you had to come up with a new commercial uh, attitude after what happened with Jared Fogle, but I don't think uh, centering on the words fresh and tender are good <laughs> in the wake of the Jared Fogle thing. And that's all I'm going to say about that now. Next uh, next outrage, please. All right. Now we've got some parents that are outraged here. Imperial, Pennsylvania, is that correct? Uh, Am I getting my well, states right? I'll go with it. I don't uh, know. They're outraged at a workshop that's asking eighth graders questions like, are they gay? Are your parents in jail? Now, this is a school. This is a yes. school yes. deal. Uh, they, so what they, they ask the questions, uh, are, are, are you gay? Do you know gay people? Yeah. Are, all of this stuff in front of all the other students. This is another example. Eighth grade. Yeah, and they also had like kids put on a mask and then confess things. Like well, we know the other students know who that kid is. They, you know, yeah. Well, I have no they idea. They saw them that morning. In yeah, their- I have no idea who that is in that mask. That's not little Jimmy with the blue blazer no, on. No, no. no. So uh, <clears throat> this is another example. We've talked about this before, uh, especially with the progressive left. This not allowing children to be children. There's no reason, you know, it's, it's for, there's something weird going on where a lot of progressives hated their childhood or something and feel that uh, they were led down the wrong path as far as thinking about these topics, these social topics. So they're going to change it and they're going to get in the minds of these are eighth graders, but it goes even further down to third and fourth grade where they're trying to socialize. Listen, an eighth grader should have no opinion on these things that anybody cares about, all right? Mm. They're in eighth grade. They've got their own problems, which is usually zits and am I as popular as I want to be. Allow children to be children. But, Eric, Stop. we want them to be educated in a safe and nurturing environment. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. world's they changing. They need to know about the other children. Well, that's fine, but it's not up to the school to ask you that kind no. of question. No, it's ridiculous. And schools, can I remind people what they're for? Teach them to read, teach them to write, <laughs> right. and teach them to do arithmetic and leave the rest to us. Yeah. You are not, it'd be one thing if we looked at our schools and said they're doing such a great job with reading, <laughs> writing, and arithmetic that we can now give them other social responsibilities. But as the years go by, we keep sinking and sinking, and all of our kids are going to college, and we're getting dumber and dumber and dumber. And meanwhile, they've got time to educate you on, to ask an eighth grader if they're gay. You know, I'm not sure if my kid's gay. Can we send him to school today? (laughs) He he might be a transgender. Can you ask him about it? Yeah, teacher. Isn't this what a guidance counselor is for? If the child goes to the guidance counselor, right. that the guidance counselor is there if a confused child has a question. That's what they're there for. Not workshops where we get all of shove all of these adult ideas into the heads of children. Let me tell you something. Before I was a confirmed heterosexual, I was nothing. <laughs> Before I had my first thought about girls, I had no thoughts. I was a kid. I was riding. Kind of, yeah. I was riding my bike. I was, mm-hmm. and if I I look back now and I can go, oh, that was a thought. Like now, <laughs> looking back, but at the time I had no idea, and no one should be having conversations like this with children. It doesn't matter until it matters, right? It doesn't matter till it matters, and I'm, you know, these. I know the sexualization of children is. It's the same thing as we just talked about with 
with the, the with the sex doll. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Let them be kids. I, yes. I remember after 9-11, there was a lot of, uh, what do we say to our kids? Nothing. We tell them to go ride their bikes. The adults have this one handled. If That's all kids want to do. If they have a question, then right. you answer the question. But you don't sit them down and have the 9-11 terrorism talk with your 8-year-old. Yeah. You, you go out and be an 8-year-old, and the adults... We'll handle this. All right, we got to take a break. We'll try to squeeze in another uh, outrage and maybe a little more audio carousel when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. WSB is Kirk Mellis is predicting a high around 49. That translates to just a four on the Mellis meter, but we'll make it through. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. Welcome back. I'm your host, Eric Von Hessler. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's Autumn Fisher. That's English Nick. And let's try to squeeze in one more outrage. All right. Well, there's always outrage with the uh, the Kardashians and the Jenners. And now people are outraged that Kendall Jenner is going to be the spokesperson, the face for this new tribal fashion line inspired by African savannah. And so immediately on the Internet. Uh-huh. I love these stories where it says the Internet is angry about this the whole internet i didn't know you could speak for the whole internet but the internet is angry and the reason they're angry my understanding is a white girl is going to be the face of an african tribal that's so horrible i can't do it hate this point of view i well, that's hate just ridiculous is this caitlin Yes, this is Caitlin. I'm very proud of my daughter. <laughs> I think that she's a hero, and I think that she should be uh, uh, exonerated and uh, well, uh, look, put her on I, a pedestal, and maybe ESPN can give her uh, an award of some sort. We can give the Kardashians all an awards. The Jenners. I the think Kardash- we all deserve an award. The Kardashians, the Jenners, all of us. Caitlin, are you going to be wearing the tribal spirit line? <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I mean, I I feel like as a woman, as a as a proud. Uh, feminine woman, yeah. which is what I am. I think that I think uh, wearing feminine uh, clothing is a very power. It's a powerful thing, and I, I believe that I too am a hero. The idea behind this outrage is this nonsense about cultural appropriation. It's perfectly fine for white people to be inspired by African designs and, and art, and then work them into their own designs and art. There's nothing wrong with that. It reminds me, uh, I was at a, a, a picnic of some kind years ago, and uh, the daughter of a friend was dating an idiot for a good long time, and this guy was supposedly an actor and i had just seen uh social what's the uh the uh, social network social network and i was i thought wow that was a really good movie i thought it was fast paced i enjoyed it he's an actor i'm talking to him i said so have you seen this what do you think of it oh i will not watch that (laughs) i said well why won't you uh, because uh, they had a white person play a, I think a pakistani or indian i don't know what it was uh and i just in my mind i said Okay, still Woody Allen line. I gotta get back to planet Earth. Okay, fine. You do understand it's called acting. You do understand that it's pretend. The whole concept is the person's not, you know, that's really Robert De Niro. It's not your dirty grandpa, right? This is acting. This is It's acting. all real life. And, and so you get this guy who's like, I'm an actor, but I'm a social activist. Do you understand that when Shakespeare first started, men played women? It's called acting. And this idea of cultural appropriation, I'm sure Melanie, the millennial blogger, hates, hey guys. Ke- hates Kendall Jenner for this. 
Oh my god, it's just like it's it like why couldn't they just get like a black person to do that? Right. Now to me that's racist. Because what? you're saying only a black person could Eric, be inspired. Black people are from Africa. Okay? No, they're not. They're not. They're, yes, they're... They... Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> I don't need you to be talking over me just because I'm a woman. Okay. okay so I listen. Apologize, Cultural appropriation is a real problem in this state, in the states here in the United States of America. Okay. Okay. So no art should be influenced by other art. I mean, they've been playing this. No, they can be. But like, if you're gonna have like an African company that's like talking about African things, then you should probably have like a black dude in there or something. Well, what about why not Dave Matthews? He's from South Africa. What? He's white. <laughs> I understand that. All right. <laughs> when we return, we're gonna do a little segment called Georgia stuff because my buddy Greg is not. He's, my misanthrope buddy is not around for stories from Studio B1, so we're gonna switch it up with the fantastically named segment. Georgia stuff. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, a great story that examines the governor's billion-dollar plan to build toll roads to ease your commute. I'll say it again. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm your wonderful host, Eric Von Hessler. That is uh, English Nick. That's Autumn Fisher. Uh, my misanthrope buddy Greg is not with us this week, so no stories from Studio B1, but we will do this. The research is in, and after a careful calculation, it's called Georgia Stuff. Georgia. Yeah. yeah, really. I really worked overtime to come up with this name. <laughs> I think I was drunk. There was a deadline. Georgia stuff. But these are stories. By the way, I do want to point out this has nothing to do with the state near Russia. Not that Georgia. No, no. Thank this, you for clarifying that. This Georgia right here. So all stories taking place in this state. So hit me with some Georgia stuff, Jared. Okay, so the Georgia legislature is back in session. It's a part-time legislature, so it's only in session for 40 days. So I like that. i got to say that. I like that. I like the idea of 40 days. It's the way that it's supposed to be. You're not Because that's a lot of days where they can't destroy our lives. It's only 40 days. <laughs> get in, they, you get out. They can destroy get, our lives. Yeah, you got to hit those deadlines, too. Yeah. So it seems like the top five things that we have going on this session are uh, medical marijuana, which is, the, uh, where's the governor on this? So the governor was for medical marijuana. No, he so was when, for the medicinal, which is different. Because, just the oils. Uh, exactly, right. not, yes. not smoking marijuana for medicinal purposes. Correct, which right. I don't think it has legs at, at this point now. But well, It's still Georgia. I don't see that being uh, legalized anytime soon. But as other states switch, maybe, maybe it will change. We're going to need a federal law on that one. I cannot believe that the fourth one here, though, is transportation. That should be number one. Like, we have got a major problem here in Atlanta, especially. See, I, I'm a homebody. I don't go out on the streets until I have to. So, but, but I do deal with, so I don't deal with this the way that most people deal with rush hours and things like that. But it is, it's a bit absurd. But my problem with transit, I heard Clark Howard doing one of his things, and I love Clark. But the whole idea of like monorails and th I don't trust that. They all seem like boondoggles. You know, whenever you try to fix transportation, it costs a billion dollars to do. How much money has been put into that streetcar? I was downtown <laughs> last night for a Hawks game. Yeah, were you stuck behind it? <laughs> well, went by it in the car. Yeah. No, but nobody on the thing. Of course, thing. there's nobody on the thing. <laughs> they didn't have anybody on the thing when it was free. Now they yeah. charge a dollar, and all that's done is get the homeless off it. So there's nobody on it now. <laughs> and you know, so they're trying to to get rid of congestion. We'll put this big streetcar in the middle of Peachtree. That helps. 
So you're stuck in traffic on a streetcar. Any kind of transportation I, that, is, that gets me out of a car for my commute, I have to be able to look down at the people in traffic and go, ha ha, sucker, I'm, I'm moving and you're not. It does not help me to sit in a traffic jam on a streetcar with a bunch of other people in their regular cars in a traffic jam. So maybe something has to be done with transportation, but they all seem like boondoggles. It's never like, here's an idea, how can we do it, let's do it. There's so much, you have to deal with these companies, and they have to have a certain amount has to be minority There's always companies. a tax increase. There's a tax, it always costs a billion dollars more than they say it's going to cost. It always takes two years longer than they say it's going to take. I don't think this is that hard. I just think the bureaucracy of government makes doing things like this hard. We should just do a study, figure out what's best, the cheapest way to do it, and do it. But that's not what happens. What happens is somebody at Harvard is famous for their transportation stuff, <laughs> and they become like rock stars amongst these bureaucrats, and everybody has to do it. Well, you know what? What works for Boston may not work for Atlanta. What works for San Francisco may not work for Atlanta. You need an Atlanta Solution. Build more roads, knock down more trees. Third one's pretty important here, too, Eric. <laughs> so you've got education. Education, a lot of teachers, are oh. there, there are a lot of students that are not becoming teachers because they're worried about the pay scale. So Governor oh. Deal Governor Deal is going to give a raise across the board to all teachers and educators. So mm-hmm. trying to promote people to, to, uh, to become teachers. So I think that's kind of a good proposition. You know what? It's uh, important to focus most on education. Teachers, most teachers are good people. The system of schools in this country is completely broken. It's horrible. Some teachers are to blame. Other teachers are good teachers. You know what we need to do? It is 2016. Am I right? And I hate arguments to start with, it's 2016, (laughs) or any argument based on the calendar. But it is 2016, and we are stuck in an old world version of education. All right, you can go online now. You can learn so much. You, we could. We don't have to do it the way that we've been doing it. There, not everybody should be in a classroom for eight hours. Let's face it; it's babysitting. A lot, if I said I've got a better way to educate your children, and it doesn't have anything to do with them sitting in classrooms for eight hours a day, do you know what the main blowback would be? What? Not about the education. Well, who? I have to go to work. Where am I going to put my kids? And within that, you understand what the public education system really is in this country. A place to park your kids while we go try to make enough money to pay our damn taxes. That's really what's going on here. The best way to learn in 2016 is not necessarily eight hours a day in a classroom. Maybe it's four hours a day in the classroom and then other stuff online. A mixture of maybe some people should go for eight hours. It should be individualized. It's not just the matter of, well, throw more money at this bureaucracy and we'll get better education. You know, it costs more in per student in the public education system than it does per student in the private education system. We're spending plenty of money. Now, if it's being spent properly, I don't know. But the problem with the teachers' unions is, if he gets a raise, I get a raise, and no evaluation of whether he's a better teacher than me comes into play. Right, it's not merit-based. Yeah, it's collective bargaining for teachers. It's not merit-based. And you know what? If you want to send a man to Mars, guess what? It's merit-based. It's merit-based. Because... There's two, you don't want to kill the guy when he's going to Mars and coming back. And that should show you right that there. Everything should be merit-based. It's never going to be. And too many teachers think that what's good for them is automatically good for the student. We've got to rethink 
education. This whole idea of Bernie Sanders going to send everybody to college. Everybody doesn't need to go to college. I've said this before. You can become a good electrician in 18 months. I don't care how much great code is written for computers. None of it matters without electricity. And you can choose different paths in life. You can become an electrician, get a job at a place, meet a buddy there, and then the two of you start your own company, and when you're in your mid-40s, you're upper middle class, or maybe you're even rich because you have your own company. There are different paths to success. And now that we push everybody into college, a high school degree means nothing. It means nothing anymore because, well, did you go to college? We're pushing everybody through college. We have an idiotic, old, like, agriculturally based idea of what education is. And the crazy thing about that, too, is that these top two things are getting even more traction than education, which it just, it, it, it's, it, it's mind-blowing Well, I'm glad, here. because the education is always just going to be throw more money at it. Well, it's okay. Because so, that's the politically expedient thing to do. So how do you feel about this one? We've debated this on the show before, but legalizing gambling, that's that's getting the second most amount of traction right here in the Georgia General Assembly, so... Uh, because of should, money, should right? Should we do yeah. it? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a... Look, I... I would legalize gambling, drugs, and prostitution because they create black markets and they create uh, 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 underworld stuff. Criminal Skulls, elements. Criminal elements. Yeah. That would be my reason. Do I think it's a good reason just to raise money? No. Do I think you should legalize marijuana because you want to tax it? No. You should legalize marijuana because you just think people should be free to do that in America, which is a supposedly free Country. And now you got me off on the whole drug thing. I'm going a little, uh, <laughs> little drug well, land to here. To be fair, medical marijuana was in there too, so yeah, that kind of relates the whole to concept, that. Well, let's do it. Med no, marijuana should be legal because people are free. Right. That's why it should be legal. Yes. And if they want to use it for medicinal purposes, they can use it for medicinal purposes. You know, uh, there's another story in here. Uh, maybe we'll get to it. I'll just jump right to it about heroin use being way up in Atlanta, and people are up in arms about this. First of all, never as much damage as alcohol, which is a, a, a legal drug that we don't even think of in terms of drugs. But okay, everybody now is heroin. There's too much heroin in Atlanta. Let me tell you what's not going to work. More drug enforcement. I, the DEA is like the rights version of gun control. Like when Obama says, well, let's pass all these laws because we need to do something. Whether or not they stop any of these things doesn't matter. And the DEA is the same thing from the right. Mm -hmm. Well, drugs are bad and we just need to do something. Meanwhile, if the DEA was a football team, a professional football team, they would have been around for 40 years and never had a winning season. There has never been a time in this country where people who wanted heroin said, it's just not available. We just can't get it. Right. There's never, and if that was a pro team, that you would demand changes. I think when it comes to heroin, when it comes to all these things, legalize it and deal with individual addiction on the other side, like we do with alcohol. It would cost a lot less. And look, if people want to get heroin, they can get heroin. I've said it before. I've never done heroin in my life. If to, but what I do know is that if I wanted to do it, it would take me less than 48 hours to find it. That's after 40-some-odd years of the DEA and all they're doing. They're good people, I'm sure. I'm sure they're good people. But as an agency and as a policy, all they're doing is creating inner-city gangs. What does the gang sell when I take their product away? 
if a heroin addict goes down to a pharmacy or some other shop and gets their heroin, or marijuana is sold, so what does the inner city gang have? Oh, prostitution? Okay, legalize that. Guess what? It's been going on for 10,000 years. All of human civilization. You're probably not going to stop it in 2016. Take these products away from these inner city gangs. Stop making people who are otherwise good citizens, who just want to smoke a joint on the weekends, stop turning them into criminals. Stop making them go consort with criminals. And don't give me this gateway drug stuff. The idea that, well, if they smoke marijuana, then they become heroin addicts. Well, of course, every heroin addict has smoked marijuana. But 90% of marijuana <laughs> yeah. people have never done heroin. And by the way, from that logic, every serial killer ate soup. So <laughs> obviously, <laughs> soup creates serial killers. All right, that's my rant on that. Do I have time to do more? Or yeah, to yeah, yeah, the top issue is religious liberty. Again, it's a reflection of last year. It didn't pass. It's it about didn't gay pass marriage. Last year. It's about gay marriage, gay marriage, right? It's about gay marriage. I don't want to have to serve. Oh, here's, I already did this before. I'm turning. This is the guy on WSB who makes the conservatives go out of their mind. I have certain shows like this and other shows where I'm very comforting. But I just have to say again, get over the gay marriage thing. If you are in business... You have to serve every law-abiding citizen who walks into your establishment, okay? And due to the Supreme Court's ruling, gay people who are married are law-abiding citizens. Get over it or do something else for a living. I hate to throw all this cold water at people, but you know what? And I hate to use the president's term, the wrong side of history. But on this one, you really are. In 40 years, no one is going to think twice about this. Republicans... Get over the gay marriage. And if you run a pizza shop or a pastry, guess what? Gay money spends just like heterosexual money. Take it and run. All right. When we return, we'll maybe get another story or two, maybe some audio carousel. And, of course, everyone knows we have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them. have a friend in the jewelry business shane company the von hessler doctrine on news 95.5 and am 750 wsb wsb's kirk mellis is predicting a high around 49 so bank it because he's kirk mellis that translates to a four on the mellis meter this weather report is brought to you by shoemate air conditioning and heating welcome back i'm eric von hessler which is our last segment english nick is here jared yamamoto is here autumn fisher is here and uh before we do our goodbyes our famous goodbyes how about one more round of audio carousel i don't know who that voice is but he's good to be artificially let me explain to people <laughs> audio carousel is like a word association thing i don't know what you're going to throw at me and i just hit you with whatever that audio does i'll just spit out the first thing that comes to my mind our end goal is to see the people of Harney County back using their rights again under their claim, not under, not as permittees, not as, not as a privilege, but as a right. Are these the uh, big old Bundy boys? That's it. I, you know, everyone is trying to ignore these people. Obama is ignoring them. Republicans are ignoring them. And these guys are fools. 
All right, so they've taken over this federal land, and they're trying to turn it back to the people, and they've decided to make a stand against American bureaucracy. These people are narcissists. They are legends in their own minds, and they are trying to become martyrs. Everybody is doing the right thing right now, which is everyone is trying to ignore them. <laughs> we, we learned our lesson in Waco, right? Yep. After that whole thing went down in Waco, we learned that Koresh, every two weeks, went walked into town to a 7-Eleven, got a Slurpee and a few other supplies. We could have just gone away, waited for and busted them at the 7-Eleven rather than that big shootout. We learned about Ruby Ridge. We understand how this goes. So we shouldn't give these guys what they want is martyrdom. On the other side of it, this is not needed in the United States of America. Stop with the shortcuts. All right, stop with the shortcuts. Hey, Bundy, you don't like it? Run for governor. There's a system in this country. This country doesn't need revolutions. Oh, is that too hard to put together a campaign and run for governor and then have to do hard work that's not your own little pet project? These guys are morons. And that's why Fox News is staying away. Remember when Sean Hannity, who apparently doesn't like David Bowie? Oh, he's no Lee Greenwood. Uh, <laughs> remember when Sean Hannity jumped all over the Bundy Ranch issue a couple oh, yeah. of years ago? And then all of a sudden one of them said something like, well, I think black people were better off on plantations. Oh, <laughs> Fox News was like, pack up the cameras. <laughs> Time to go. Get out of here. And scene. Sean Hannity wanted to <laughs> hug that one, like he, the way that he sort of appropriate, he just sort of put his hands around the Tea Party movement and strangled it to death. Like Sean Hannity decided, I'm the Tea Party. No, you're not. And he strangled it. It was the worst thing for the Tea Party to become like a part of Fox News. But now Fox News is even ignoring these guys because they're not going to go up there and get involved because they were already burnt once. So these guys are, uh, they're just full of themselves. And if they want to make change in America, respect America, run for office or uh, uh, support someone else who does. Give me another one to be artificially designated in some kind of lower or second tier sends a signal to the voter that you're not the same and don't have a chance. That's Rand Paul saying he wouldn't debate on the kiddie stage. And you know what, Rand Paul? It's up to you to get high enough, <laughs> excite people enough to get on that main stage. They don't even have to put the kiddie stage out there. I, this is the first cycle I've ever seen the kiddie stage because there were so many people involved. And you know what, Chris? People need to, need to get out. That debate was better because there were only seven people on stage. And as it whittles down to five and four, the debates would be, make even more sense. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, do I time to tell people about my online presence. Go ahead. EricVonLine.com. If you like this, E-R-I-C-V-O-N-L-N-L-I-N-E.com. Um, we do two podcasts a week. Now, those are kind of HBO. They're, uh, they're the explicit language. This is the CBS version of Eric Von Hessler, although this show becomes a podcast within 24 hours every week as well. All right. Thank you, English Nick. You're welcome. Thank you, Jared Yamamoto. Thank you, Autumn Fisher. You're Thank welcome. everyone for listening. That was this episode of Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again next Sunday at 1 p.m. But until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off my lawn. <laughs>